Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast, dedicated to tennis champion Novak Djokovic, also a great philanthropist, humanitarian, and all-around good guy and role model. And also to the Nole family, the folks out there across the globe who follow Novak's his, his championships, his accomplishments on and off the court, and really cheer him on, root him on to greater heights. Uh, I thought I'd take a little bit of a different tact in today's podcast. You'll you'll note that we're kind of in a slowdown season on the tennis world. Uh, Novak coming off the both the U.S. Open and the Labor Cup championships, and also uh, he has announced that he is going to pass on Beijing and move on to, to Shanghai October 7th. So a little bit of a downtime where Novak kind of recharges his batteries and gets back on the practice court. But I want to take a look, you know, watching Novak and Roger Federer team up together in the Labor Cup competition really reminded me to some extent of the parallels between him and two great champions of NBA basketball Back in the 80s, Irving Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, you know, I think there are a lot of parallels in the two rivalries in their careers. And I wanted to just touch upon them because I think they're all very interesting. Number one, of course, in both cases, these rivalries were fierce competitors. Bird and Magic fought so many times in NBA, also in college as well, but in college and NBA, so many great competitions and championships. And of course, with Novak and with Roger Federer, one of the most storied rivalries of all time in tennis history. You can look at only Nadal and Novak, I believe, have, have fought more times on a tennis court than, than uh, Novak and Roger Federer. Also, I think if you look back to the early parts of these careers, I think you could say there's a little bit more disdain for these other competitors than that there is later in their careers when they, when they start to really learn to respect each other, I think. If you look, and part of that is just the comp- competitive nature of this. You have to sort of r- rile yourself up to, 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 to get after the other guy in and, and your mind and them be the enemy. But I think if you look at early in the careers of Bird and Magic, you can look at some of the quotes and some of the things they may have said about each other in the heat of competition, maybe not as favorable and as respectful. And if, the same thing, I think, with Novak and with Roger Federer early in their careers. I think there was a little bit more animosity uh, to, to some extent. Again, some of that is just in, in, a, in the heat of competition. Um, also, there were certainly many battles on the court. Um, and these are all both considered two of the greatest of all times if you look at either pairs of, of rivals. Bird and Magic, you could certainly say that Magic in most people's minds is considered one of the great top five of all time in terms of NBA basketball. Larry Bird, top five, maybe top ten, depending on who you talk to. Larry Bird had some injury careers late in his injury problems late in his career that really hampered his ability to get on the court and hampered his longevity in the sport. But certainly, I think he, typically that he's put in the top five or top ten of all time. Same thing with Novak and, and Rogers. Certainly, I think you can consider these guys to, t- top five of all time by anybody's standard. If you look at just their accomplishments and put them up against anybody else, whether it be Nadal, Laver, any of the others. Uh, I think also in both cases, the rivals, they had to raise their game because they knew they had to in order to compete. Uh, if you look at the Celtics and Lakers back in the 80s, those, guys, those teams played at such a high level. And of course, the difference is that they were a team sport versus an individual sport. But I think you knew that you know the Celtics had to really raise their level of, of of competition and the Lakers as well because otherwise they would have been steamrolled by that other team. In other words, that competitor was playing at such a high level. If they wanted to compete for championships, they really had to raise their game to a whole nother level. And even today, folks look back at the Lakers-Celtics rival as some of the greatest level of basketball ever played. And look at the same thing with respect to Novak and with Roger. And of course, you can throw in Nadal as well. Uh, they have to really raise their game. And, and Novak, you can look back to those late 2000s, uh, 2007, 8, 9 period where he really had a hard time beating these guys on a, on a, uh, a 
a consistent basis, he really had to raise his game another level. And I think once he rose to number one, Roger realized that as well. He had to step up his game to be able to continue to compete and not be steamrolled by by uh, Novak Djokovic. I think as their careers matured, they began to respect each other. I think you can see that as Larry Bird and Magic Johnson do these documentaries and re reflect back on those days. I think you can see such a such respect and admiration for what each other brought to each other's career. And I think you're starting to see that later in, in Novak and Roger's career. I think they're definity for each other because they understand what what their what their rivalry has done to elevate them in terms of their place in the standing of history of all time tennis players. I think they certainly understand that. Um, they also understand that their rivalry has raised their place in history. I think you can use a parallel, parallel here with Muhammad Ali if you look in boxing. I think Muhammad Ali is considered one of the great boxers, heavyweight boxers of all time. And the guy who came right after Muhammad Ali and dominated the heavyweight division, Larry Holmes, is never really put in that conversation. And to a large extent, that is because in Muhammad Ali's day, there were so many great competitors. You had George Foreman, you had Joe Frazier, Ken Norton. All those guys were really iconic boxers in the same era with Ali, where Larry Holmes really had kind of a void in, in high-level competition in the heavyweight division. And if you look at, obviously, Novak and and Nadal and Federer and Andy Murray, these guys understand that it has really raised a place in history because everybody knows to be number one this day and age, it takes so much more considering the level of competition. And maybe that 14 Grand Slams that Novak has means even more than a Pete Sampras at you know, 14 because he's had to play through all of these other three great tennis players every time it seems that he has to get to a championship and a Grand Slam. Um, I think they also, uh, playing together on a, in the same team in an international competition has really brought a different perspective. And I think you saw that with Bird and Magic. They were such fierce competitors. But when the NBA finally started uh, allowing players, uh, the Olympics in the U.S. started allowing players from the NBA to play in the, the Olympics, these guys teamed up for what was called the Dream Team at the time. And they really destroyed competition in basketball at the Olympics during that period. And I think you saw a different dynamic when these guys were able to compete as, as teammates and have a, sort of look at things in a different perspective. And I think you saw that with Novak and with Roger at the Labor Cup recently as well. A kind of a different perspective that when you're a teammate and the level of respect and admiration you have for each other. And I think it's also, in both cases, these two guys were galvanized by their their efforts to hold off younger competitors. I think you saw that with Bird and Magic. They they reached kind of a dominant level uh, in winning championships in the 80s in, in the NBA. And, you know, uh, Michael Jordan was really trying to work his way into that competition and into that discussion. And these guys were trying to hold him off and, and you know, maintain their level at the top of the, the game. And I think you're seeing that, obviously, with these champions today. I think right now there's no Grand Slam champions under the age uh, of 30 at this moment. Uh, with Chilich coming over 30. Um, and so you're seeing that. I think there's real there's a real pride that Roger and Novak and Nadal are starting to take in in holding off these this younger generation in terms of winning Grand Slam championships on a consistent basis. And I think finally, you know, ultimately the love and affection and the enduring friendship that had been defined by the fondness of the memories of these great battles. You can see that with with um, Bird and Magic, as I mentioned, as they look back on this time with such uh, fondness about how they competed, how hard they competed, and what they really accomplished because they had each other as rivals. 
And I think, you know, you're seeing that transformation at the end of Roger and Rod, uh, Novak's careers. And I think you're going to see that to an even greater level once these guys are done with their careers and start to look back on what a, what a phenomenal era we live in in tennis right now and how much that, that raised their standing in the history of the game. So, again, we're, we're going to pass on Beijing, Novak. We're going to move on to Shanghai, so we'll have some more podcasts once Novak gets back on the court. Again, we, we, we wish him well. I know it probably took a lot out of him to win uh, the U.S. Open under such harsh conditions and have to go right back to Chicago for the Labor Cup. So finally get, getting back to back home and, and doing some practice time and maybe recharging the batteries a little bit to get ready for the, for the end of the season as we look forward to Shanghai, Paris, London, and then of course, the first of the year into Australian Open. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll have some great podcasts when we get back on the court. Until then, have a great day.